0: So the book of Philemon's, starting in verse 1. says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved apathos, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayer hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus Christ and toward all saints, that the communication of faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in the love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake i rather beseech thee being such as one as paul the aged and now also a prisoner of jesus christ i beseech thee for the son my son onesimus whom i have begotten in my bonds which in time past was to thee unprofitable but now profitable to thee and to me whom i have set again thou therefore receive him that is my own bowels whom i have retained with me that in thy stead, he may have ministered unto me n- unto the bonds of the gospel, but without thy mind would I do nothing that thou benefit that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly, for perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever now, not now as a servant but above a servant, a brother, beloved, specially to me, but how much more unto you thee both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me, therefore, a partner, receive him as myself. We'll stop right there. As I spent time going through in this this letter, and as Paul has basically dictated to Philemon, you know, I see a couple of things. And first of all, what what comes to my mind, first of all, is the idea that there is forgiveness and Reconciliation and i think that's something that today society tends to lack you know as a society we it seems like when somebody does something wrong we hold it against them for the rest of their days you know we don't forgive them and we don't move on here is an example of a man who had done some wrong Onesimus to Philemon. But we find here, and to me this is one of the greatest things here, is yes, his character at first, Onesimus, was one that he was unprofitable. And we see that, you know, as he says over in verse, verse 9, or, let me go, oh, verse 11, which in time past was to the unprofitable. So this man, Basically, was a servant to Philemon, and he had a reputation. His testimony was that of basically unprofitable. Basically, he was useless. He didn't do what was expected of him. He didn't put forth what he should have put forth in order to meet the needs that Philemon had expected of him. And in that process, you find that his character is his testimony is of such that he's basically of little value. But one of the things, that's one of the greatest things that we see throughout Scripture is that he became profitable. How? Paul led him to the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation. Salvation. When we look at forgiveness, when we look at the idea of reconciliation, one of the key factors in this letter is salvation for Onesimus. He became a born-again Christian. And what I love here is Paul, his passion towards this man. He treated him as a son. The relationship changed. His testimony changed. Just like Paul wrote in Corinthians about the idea, all things are new, became a new creature. Amnesimus became a new creature in Jesus Christ. His outlook, you know, as anyone who has trust in Jesus Christ, there is a complete change. Or there ought to be a complete change, makeover, spiritually with that individual some of those changes some of those characteristics are going to be so drastic depending on what your past was that people are going to take a second look at you and part of our testimony what we talked about last Sunday afternoon is the example that we set before others as we kind of live our life for Jesus Christ we find here as we continue as is in verse when we go back to verse Uh, 9. Yet for love's sake, I'd rather beseech thee, being such as one as Paul, the aged, and now also a a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech thee by my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, whom I have begotten in my bonds. Paul, even when he was in prison, still preached the gospel, and he reached this man with the gospel. And in verse 11, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to to thee and to me, whom I send again, that thou therefore receive him, that is, my own bowels, whom I have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be, as it were, necessity, but willingly. As you read through this letter, one of the things that Paul brings up is that this man, who is a young Christian, whom I put my trust into, whom I have seen change when he trusted in Jesus Christ, he became profitable unto me. He helped me even in my bonds. You know, I wanted to keep him so he could help minister with me or to me. But there was something else here that needed to be taken care of first, that Paul had this burden on his heart. And that was the relationship that Onesimus, I can't even say it this morning. So Onesimus and Philemon had. That was a strained relationship. Philemon as we read through this, we know that he is a Christian. We know that he has trusted in Jesus Christ. We also know that when Onesimus worked for him or was his servant, at that time, he was not a Christian. He was not saved. He lived a life that was very different. His attitude was very different. And his whole approach with life was very different because so much had changed in him where he was unprofitable he now became something of value, someone of value. And Paul, knowing the past relationship between Philemon and Onesimus, felt and really believed that that relationship needed to be worked on, that there needed to be something done in order to restore that relationship. But it would not only restore that relationship, but it would also bring about to show that testimony for this young Christian in his life. So Paul wrote this letter and sent Onesimus to Philemon specifically. And we find here that as Onesimus became a born-again child, he trusted in Jesus Christ for his salvation. His life changed. His attitude changed. He had a desire to serve God. He had a desire to serve. And he wanted to make things right. So he willingly went to Philemon. And we find that Paul here, as he's right into Philemon, we find Paul's passion to make sure that this Reconciliation takes effect. We can go back to verse 1 of Philemon. It says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, and our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Right off, he's specifically right into Philemon. And he lets Philemon know that it's not only him, but Timothy that's with him. And if we go to the end of this book, we'll find other believers, Lucas and Marcus and others part of this fellowship, that are aware of this letter. And as he writes to Philemon, he also addresses others that are there in that church that that he's a part of. And he says in verse 4, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that in thy communication of thy faith, may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. One of the things, if we take a close look, Paul has already heard, thinking about that, he knows the testimony of Philemon and those that are around him. They're hearing about their faith. They're hearing about their testimony. While he is imprisoned, he knows what is going on. There is that distance. And one of the things I honestly, me stop to think too today, even though we physically cannot be together, and even though some people may feel like because of this pandemic, almost like they feel like they're imprisoned in their own home, Maybe we're getting a little bit of a taste of what Paul went through. Having a desire to be in fellowship, to be face-to-face with people, to want to talk with them personally and to share the gospel and to share what God has done, but he's unable to. Just like today, we're not able to get together. But, you know, at least God has provided a way that the message can still go out that we can hear the word of God and that we can have fellowship because even during these times you can think about a relationship that may be with someone you haven't seen in a long time. Think about maybe a relationship not only that you haven't seen of that person, but maybe a relationship that you don't have, that is not the best, that there is some strain going on between you and another person. And maybe you have no idea what that cause is. But you know what? We can look at Philemon. We can look at this letter. And for us, we can take time to think, what can I do to build that relationship? During these times, Paul wrote a letter. You know, we can still write letters. It may be considered something old-fashioned. In today's society we could pick up the phone and call we can send an email message check in on one another see how that individual is doing let them know how you are doing take time maybe to share how God is working in your life you know looking at some of blessings that you have experienced you know and share that with somebody. Paul, as he writes, he's already heard by word of mouth, by letter. He's already heard the testimony of Philemon. He's already heard what's going on at that church. And he says in verse 5 Hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus, and to all saints, he knows their testimony. Philemon has a testimony of having his faith strong enough and his love strong enough that he has a concern, he has a love for his fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus. And he is there for them. That's what that love and faith is all about. The way we conduct ourselves, the way our testimony works is that we show that support to our brothers and sisters, to all saints. No matter what the circumstances are, we follow what the Lord Jesus Christ has laid out for us to do. And we find that they have been putting it to action here. he says, They are hearing of thy love and thy faith. And in verse 6, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every Thing which is in you in Christ Jesus in verse 7 we have great joy and consolation in thy love so Paul is expressing because of your testimony because of your faith and because of your love for the brethren we in turn can't help but have great joy in knowing of your relationship with God and with one another We have great joy. We have consolation. We have peace, knowing that you are growing in your faith towards Jesus Christ. And as Paul is writing this letter, the very first thing that he's talking about is their faith. He says, your faith is growing. Your faith, I want you to know that we are hearing of your testimony, even where I am in Rome, in prison." we're hearing about what's going on. And as he opens up that letter and talks about how their faith is made known and knowing that they're growing and the confidence that he has in them, verse 8, there's a wherefore. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I'd rather beseech thee I'm going to stop there for a moment as Paul opens up this letter to talk about his acknowledgement of their faith and the joy and the peace he has in them. In verse 8, he kind of tones in where he wants to go, his purpose. His sole purpose is to get that reconciliation between Philemon and Onesimus. And in verse 8, he says, I might be bold in Christ to enjoin thee. That word enjoin is the idea that uh, I could direct you, I could command you, I could try to make you do this. In verse 9, he says, yet, almost like, but for love's sake, but for a love in Jesus Christ and for a love for the brethren. I don't want to command you. I don't want to make you. I want you to do this willingly. That's a key factor in forgiveness and reconciliation. We need to do it willingly. We need to do it because we have a desire to build that relationship back up. Or if there really wasn't a relationship to begin with, just to strengthen that relationship. And as brothers and sisters, especially in these times, There are so many things that can be stress factors in our life. We need to make sure we don't let that stress factor of this world, of our communities, these stress factors hinder our relationship with one another. And it's very important that if there's any little thing that seems to be making tension in that relationship that we take care of it. Don't let it fester. Don't let it build. Seek forgiveness if that's what's needed. Seek that reconciliation. Paul here is saying in verse 9, for love's sake I'd rather beseech thee, being such as one as Paul the aged. He's kind of acknowledging that he has grown himself in his faith. And in how he maybe treats one another and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech thee, I beg thee, I plead that you would please, 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 I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. He's sharing with Philemon and with the church there that Onesimus has become a child of God. Maybe it would have been an eye-opener. Stop to think about that. How many people have we maybe been in touch with over the years? And in our mind, we said, they're never going to get saved. Almost wonder if that's what Philemon and the people there at the church thought about Onesimus. He will not trust in Christ. He is of such a character. He's unprofitable in every way you can imagine that basically there's no value. He will never come to Christ. And we find a little bit more as you go on about Onisipus, that possibility he owed Philemon financially, he was in debt to him. And as we skip over to um, verse 17, Paul continues as he's part of Paul's message to Philemon, to the church, to please, please accept Onesimus. He even goes to the step to say in verse 17, if thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If you count me as a partner in the gospel of Jesus Christ, as a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ, as a believer and as a partner, as one that preaches the gospel with you, stands with you. Receive Onesimus as you would receive me. Verse 18, if he had wronged thee, uh, owed thee, uh, owed with the ought, put that on my account. Paul was willing to say whatever he has done to you, if he shortchanged you in any way, put it on my account. Paul is putting his own reputation on the line. For this man. Stop to think about that for our own lives. Do we provide that type of support. For another fellow Christian who may be in need. Or may be hurting. In some way, some fashion. Are we willing to put our own. Almost life on the line, so to speak our own testimony to help them to get that individual so that that reconciliation could be made complete. Paul was willing to say, put that account on me. I will take care of it. Whatever it takes, this reconciliation needs to happen. And as we continue on, he says in verse, I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I vote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. He's counting on Philemon's reputation, his testimony, that he originally talked about at the beginning of the letter when he talked about their love and their faith and how it's heard abroad, he's honestly believing that Philemon has such a testimony, such a relationship with God that he is able to do this or would be willing to do this and maybe even to do more than what is being asked of him. That's one of the things that he's talking about here in this book, that along with notice with salvation, there's the idea of that forgiveness. Forgiveness also involves some trust. Paul is trusted in Philemon to do what is right. And as we go and we look back a little bit more at some of this, that idea of trusting, that idea of forgiveness with Philemon, you know, we find that, yes, Paul is bold in that statement in verse 8 and 9 but he's also coming point blank to say to let him know we need to do something here. And you know what is scary is Onesimus is present. I believe he brought the letter. I can't say that for sure but I believe he brought the letter. That's what I picture in my mind. It's like look and Ananias is also seeking for forgiveness. He himself. Paul is asking for it. Paul is asking for that reconciliation. Paul wants to make sure things are right. And Paul also has a reputation at this church. They know him. They know of his testimony. And it's just like theirs in the sense that his reputation is known abroad. His faith is known abroad. That reconciliation, that idea of forgiveness. I think back also in the book of Luke and in chapter 15, the father with the two sons, where one son decides that he wants to take all of his possessions, his inheritance and to go off into the world. And verse 12 of chapter 15, just to briefly read this. Verse 12, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the young, younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living, and when he had spent all there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine, and he would fain have ha, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have perished with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and said and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Another perfect example of forgiveness and reconciliation. We see the change of heart for the son, that realization of what he did, and how that he basically just lived a life that was not glorifying unto God. And we see the father who, when he saw his son from a distance, one of the things that told me is he forgave him a long time ago. He just wanted the opportunity to see him again. He wanted the opportunity to be able to hug him to bring him back into the fold. But he knew that it would have to be his son who would have to change. That he would have to realize the life he was living was unprofitable. And he did make that change. God put him in a situation that was basically, you think about it, all he was at his lowest point in his life. It took him to the point of basically eating with the swine, eating with the pigs, ate the same food as them. And when he was in that circumstance, there was that realization, okay, something's wrong. I've done wrong. To heaven, he acknowledged that I've done wrong. I've sinned unto God and my father. And he goes to try to restore this son had no idea if his father would forgive him or not. And he kind of doubted if he was even worthy for forgiveness. He says, just make me a servant. I'd be willing to be a servant. You know, just that alone would be better than what I'm doing now. And what I love is that in verse 20, it says, but when he was great, was yet, I'm sorry, but when he was yet, A great way off, his father saw him. You see, his father had the attitude and the mindset of that forgiveness and reconciliation already in mind. He was watching out for his son. He kept an eye out. He was going about doing what he knew he needed to do all the while keeping an eye out to see if his son would return. And he saw him in a distance. It wasn't like he came up to the door and knocked on the door. Oh, wow, you're here. It wasn't that type of reconciliation. It was one where he saw him from a distance. And when he saw him, his father saw him, he had compassion, and he ran. He didn't wait for his son to come. He saw him, he knew he was in the picture, and he ran to him an attitude, a mindset we should have when it comes to forgiveness. When both parties have that desire to restore a relationship, both parties should have that type of mindset. We, as Christians, should have that type of mindset, that that love that God has given to us, we're to give that to our fellow brothers and sisters. With Philemon that mindset of willingness to accept the forgiveness of what Onesimus had done to him. Just like the father did for the son, that same type of attitude and mindset should be for one another, for brothers and sisters. Whenever there is something difficult or something that maybe comes across as a hurt, you know, we have to really make sure that our lives are one that we want to glorify God. I know last Sunday afternoon I talked about having a testimony, Israel's testimony back in Deuteronomy. And we've talked about the idea, and Rob's talked about the idea in Ephesians, putting on the whole armor of God. When we put on that whole armor of God, yes, we are there so that it's to deal with the enemies, to be protected, to be strengthened, so that we don't stumble and we don't fall as a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Part of that lifestyle is also one where we need to make sure that even our fellow soldiers, that we have a strong bond with one another, that we're not alone, but we're together in the warfare that is out there for us and part of that war, part of that bond is that sometimes we may however insignificant it may seem to us at some point we may offend somebody a fellow brother and sister and we need to make sure that relationship is right so that we can be keep that bond to keep that unity that God wants for us, in our service towards Him, because remember that as we're our service to God, one of the first things we had to do as in our testimony is to win the loss to Jesus Christ. Paul took that time to be with this individual to share the gospel while he was in bonds, while. He was in prison. He didn't let his circumstances stop him from serving God. And he led this man to the Lord Jesus Christ. More than likely, Paul already knew the reputation of Onesimus. The idea that he was unprofitable. The idea that he probably owed Philemon something financially. There was a debt there for something. We don't have the details of what that debt was. But Paul more than likely knew that. But he didn't let that stop him. Didn't let his own circumstances stop him from witnessing to him. By talking to him about Jesus Christ. And you know, that's why we're here, is to share the gospel. To talk about Jesus Christ. We are to do that together. We are to have that right Testimony. That love for Jesus Christ that we talk about in Philemon, that reputation that the church, that Philemon and the church had. You know, when you go back into verse, verses, yeah, in verse 4 of Philemon, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. See, we have a certain lifestyle that we are to live. We have a certain way that we are to conduct ourselves. And granted, you know, sometimes it can be difficult to walk in our faith in Jesus Christ especially when the world is coming at us from different directions. And sometimes as we serve God, there are people that we come across that are lost. Well, you know, think about it. And as whether it's at work, whether at school, whether it's our neighbor, whether it's a family member that has not trusted in Jesus Christ, they are going to conduct themselves like the world conducts themselves. No interest in God. No interest in maybe their testimony. But their focus is on, what can I get? You know, how does this profit me? And that's what a lot of people focus on when they're not serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And we as Christians need to focus on serving God. And sometimes witnessing to people, that may be very difficult to witness to. And we have to be careful that we don't have these preconceived ideas that I'm not going to take my time to witness this person. They'll never get saved. We need to take all the opportunities we can. Paul did, even when he was in prison. Even when we're not in our best circumstance or the best environment, we as individuals still need to be in tune to be able to witness, to be ready to share the gospel. Paul did in prison. this young man. This young man got saved. And as this young man got saved, his whole life changed. He became profitable. He had a willingness to serve God. He had a desire to make things right. And Paul, knowing that this person needed to make things right with Philemon, took time to pen this letter but he also laid his own reputation on the line for this individual so that his prayer and his hope was that the reconciliation between these two, who are no longer like servant, employee, employer, but they're brothers in Christ. And that's how Paul addressed this in verse 16. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, beloved, Especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Paul puts it right on the table. You are brothers in Christ now. We need to make this work in order to serve God. We need to take care of the hurt that was between the two of you, the pain, the lack of trust. There needs to be a forgiveness. There needs to be a reconciliation because we need to be united in our service toward Jesus Christ. Paul saw that this needed to be done and was willing to reach out and make sure that this happened. And as he wrote this, he also counted on Philemon's testimony and his past experience in hearing what it was all about. Because again, I'll reiterate in verse 20. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord, having confidence in thy obedience. I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou would also do more than I say. He knew of Philemon's testimony and that if Philemon was was true to his testimony and his love for Christ, that he would actually do more in this situation, in this circumstance, then Paul is asking. When this letter closes, it doesn't really come out to say that this reconciliation actually occurred. But the way, to me, it is written, and with Paul asking in twenty-two, prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. Paul trusted that this reconciliation occurred. And I can only put my faith in the idea that it did occur. And Paul had such confidence that when he was able to get out of prison, his desire was to go there and to meet with them face to face. He even said, prepare me a lodging. I have a desire to be there. I want to see everyone. You know, as Christians, we ought to have that desire to be able to see everyone, to have get-togethers and that fellowship. And we don't always have those opportunities, especially in today's time. But if we have the heart for it, we have the desire to do it, we have the love that God has given unto us. We can still see souls get saved during this time. We can see troubled hearts, troubled spirits, wounded souls be mended. Reconciliation take place. Forgiveness take place. Wherever it may be. If we focus our minds and our hearts on the Word of God. Spend time in God's Word. Spend time in prayer. Just like at the beginning, Paul says in verse 4, I thank my God, making mention of the always in my prayers. We, if there is a time we need to be in prayer, today's the day. These are the times we need to be in prayer much more than what we used to. Don't take for granted the idea that we can get together every single sunday face to face this is a time we have to realize that we can't always take these things for granted that we've done for years to be able to get together we don't know what can happen in the future either but we do know that even in the future if something happens when we can't meet face-to-face, if, as Paul and Philemon had this reputation, this testimony that their faith in God is strong, and we know that even by not getting together, but if it's by letters, if it's by being online, if it's by a phone call, it's by some form of distance because we can't be face-to-face. We can have comfort in that. We can have peace to know that there are others out there like faith, like practice, with a desire to serve God, a desire to win souls, a desire to make sure that the fellow show, our fellow soldiers are strengthened in their faith, and we are strengthened by one another. As I close this morning, I would ask that you would remember those that are not able to get together. Just remember Fellowship Baptist Church. Remember those that maybe there is some strain in their lives going on, whether it may be financially, whether maybe there is some hurt that they may be experiencing with somebody else. Keep them in prayer. Be there for them wherever you can and however you can. Remember, even yourself, if you've been hurt, seek that forgiveness first with the Lord. And then if you need to, go to that individual. Onesimus did seek that reconciliation. The son who wanted his inheritance so he could go out and spend it and live the life he wanted to found out the hard way, went back to his father, sought forgiveness. But he sought forgiveness with God and he sought forgiveness with his father. See, and it happened. And it can happen. Seek forgiveness. Serve the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day that you've given to us. We thank you for the time that we have in your word. and We ask, Lord, that your continued hand would be upon us, that we would take a look at ourselves, see our relationship with you, see our relationship with one another. Wherever we may find that we need to mend it, that we need to seek forgiveness, that we need to seek reconciliation, that you would put that on our heart, you would put that on our minds, and that, Lord, we can together, wherever we may be but together in thought in mind and soul be a fellow soldier of the cross for you. We ask Lord that you would help us to whatever the circumstance may be that we continue to share the gospel with those that are around us in some form, some fashion. Even sharing the gospel by a letter. Sharing the gospel by calling somebody up and sharing your heart to say, I have that desire to do this with you. I would only ask that you would listen. Please listen to what I have to say. Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you again for the time you've given to us. And we would ask, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen our hearts and our walks. Give us the good health we need to serve you, Lord. We would ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.